Well, hello everyone. I'm Jill Bloom, publisher of Roofing Contractor, and welcome to the Roofing Contractor podcast show. Today, Art Eisner and I are honored to be talking with Reed Ribble, the CEO of the National Roofing Contractors Association, and McKay Daniels, the COO of the National Roofing Contractors Association. And gosh, guys, there's a lot to talk about. And we're so excited to help spread the word about all the great things happening with what's coming up. But Art, I'm going to kick it over to you to let you start us off. Thanks, Jill. And thank you both for being here. Really appreciate it. Uh, Reed, I'd like to start with you. Uh, Roofing Day is really part of a bigger strategy that you implemented upon uh, returning to the NRCA about five years ago, the One Voice Initiative. Tell us, why did you start that? And, uh, you know, what do you think uh, about its accomplishments in those five years? Yeah, you know, um, when I came back to uh, to NRCA after being gone uh, for that six years I spent in Congress, one of the things I learned when I was in Congress was I was able to observe other national associations and other industries on how they organized themselves and how they became effective and and all the different ways that these uh, different associations work. And uh, it became really clear to me as I watched it all that the roofing industry was uh, basically underperforming uh, in some of the areas of advocacy that are really important to the industry and that the industry was really divided. When I came back to NRCA and I started talking to manufacturers and distributors and contractors, it just seemed like people were on edge about each other. And, and uh, you know, ma- Contractors were complaining about manufacturers. Manufacturers were complaining about contractors, and and nobody was talking to each other um, collectively. And I thought, well, this doesn't make any sense at all. And so I started NRCA's One Voice Initiative, uh, which was designed to begin to unify the industry for common cause. And I just I just felt that if the industry was talking to each other, that all sectors were talking to each other across the supply chain, that we could accomplish so much more because. We're, we're in agreement like a 95% of the issues. When you separate, you know, the competitive nature of stuff and, and some of the proprietary things that we do that we need, the, the bulk of uh, what we do in the roofing industry is all common purpose. And so I thought, man, just stop and think what the industry could accomplish if, in fact, that they were united in a different way. And so I, I started the One Voice Initiative, and I began to talk with manufacturers, with distributors. Um, with uh, consultants. I I went and visited Arma, Pima, Spry. um, At the time, it was RCI, now IBEC. I I went and spoke to every single national group I could uh, with this almost plea. Think of what we could accomplish if we were all rowing the same direction. And I'm going to tell you, I feel like the roofing industry is more united today than any time in my 35 years of being involved in it. So I think it's been a stunning success and uh, we're going to continue uh, driving this message forward. Well, and one of the centerpieces of that initiative is Roofing Day, and uh, we're talking about uh, all of this kind of in preview of virtual Roofing Day coming up on March 23rd and 24th. Uh, tell us about how Roofing Day itself fits into that overall strategy. Well, I, I just felt that, um, well, let me step back. I'll give you a really good example. There, there, the the rail industry, the the railroad folks, they're, they're probably the most effective lobbying organization in Washington D.C. Almost anything they want to do, they can get done. And so I've watched how they work. And and when they would do lobbying, they they brought in the entire supply chain. They brought in people who use rail 
They brought in the, the train companies. They brought in the people who made the cars and the engines, the, who laid down the track. Uh, they brought in everybody. And every single member of Congress wants to avoid having to tell somebody no. And so I, what I would see is when industries would come in by piecemeal, meaning the manufacturers might come in one time and then the, the contractors come in another time and they each came in with their pr proprietary list of things that they wanted, they rarely got it because that meant we had to say no to another segment of that same industry. But the industries like rail who came in unified across the supply chain, they because they came in with a, a list of two or three things that they needed done and they all were in agreement, it made it really simple for a member of Congress to say, yeah, I can, I can say yes to that because you, you guys behind the scenes have done the heavy lifting to get to a place of agreement where the whole industry agrees. And it, it just makes it so much easier for a member of Congress. Um, and, and it's been really successful. We've put a number of wins on the board since we started Roofing Day. And I'll never forget the first time that we, on our very first roofing day at the very first opening recession, when I walked in the room and I saw 400 people uh, from all the way across the, the supply chain, we had raw material suppliers there. We had manufacturers there. We had distributors there. We had contractors there. We had media there. Everybody was in the room. And I mean, I practically got choked up because I thought, wow, what can we do now and who can stop us? And uh, it's all bearing out and it's bearing fruit today. Well, and I remember being there, Reed, uh, and I, I think your take on that is uh, is exactly right. What what I think about it, I hearken back to uh, when you were on the best of success stage in Tucson in 2017, just before that roofing day, uh, you're speaking of 2018, uh, where you really electrified the crowd talking about the importance of elevating the perception of the roofing industry. I wanted to turn to McKay a little bit, uh, uh, and I was hoping to get your take, McKay, on how does uh, an event like Roofing Day, how does that elevate the perception of roofing in one of the most important places, Capitol Hill? It, great question, Art, and it definitely has has an impact and a profound one. Uh, and, and one aspect of it that we're really trying to do with Roofing Day is to have the, the field workers be able to attend as well and participate as well, and it goes, it goes to this, to this pro pro professionalization of the industry, of being able to sit there and talk to your representative, talk to your U.S. Senator or member of Congress about the issues that are important to your livelihood and to your families at a, in a firsthand basis, it, it really means a lot. Um, we've, we've seen the halls of Congress due to you know, the media coverage recently and the, and the riots that have gone on, for for millions of Americans, those are those are darn right near sacred, hallowed ground, you know. And and to be able to to take somebody from from a shop anywhere in the country, take them to Washington and have them make the case and have that conversation with the representative, they come back with a distinct sense of pride. We've heard it time and time again from those that participate of how much they enjoy it, how much they get out of participating and that they bring that energy back to their crews back to the folks in the offices and and back to the work sites all across the country and it can't help but but bubble up from from the bottom up but it also sends a message to to those in Washington of the professionalization of the industry and that our our needs are are real they're important and they matter and we need to be heard 
was part of that energy that developed was that something uh you guys anticipated when you you know designed it and did that make it more uh important or easier to uh you know to get to buy in from so many sponsors because you know after all looking at your list of sponsors uh it, it certainly it's a who's who of uh who's involved in roofing um and it, it to me it does say a lot about what you've been able to do to build consensus in the industry it's certainly the largest list right, of sponsors Art. go ahead go ahead mckay you can take it oh. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right, Art. Um, over three dozen entities are, are participating in this, from from small uh, local associations to regional associations, you know, and ranging, you know, coast to coast, with Western states all in the West, all the way up to to NERCA in the East and Florida, bringing in massive amounts of people each and each and every time. The participation has been overwhelming, and and it speaks to it is an industry event. Um, Reed's said it time and time again, I talk about it as well, that uh, this NRCA is happy to organize this and help, but ultimately this is a roofing industry event. This is us coming together and being united to speak with one voice to our representatives in Washington. And I think that really bears itself out by the participation. Uh, everybody recognizes that that we all have to to do our part in this and and speak with a, a united front and a united voice to, to be able to, to make a difference. And I would just add to something to that, Art. If you look at any of the literature, if you look at any of the promotions, what you'll see is virtually every sponsor listed with the exact same size um, on, the, on the board. We don't have platinum sponsors and gold sponsors. We have industry sponsors, whether you're the Boston Roofing Contractors Association a, uh, representing a city, you know, because they're part of it, as is the, the Chicago contractors. And, and uh, um, then we've got state associations like the, the Kentucky folks and Indiana and Wisconsin, and then the regional folks, and then the big national folks like Pima, Arma, NRCA, uh, and then uh, organizations like Roofing Contractor Magazine and Roofers Coffee Shop. Uh, across the entire board, we have all these sponsors that want to be part of it um, and are part of it and help us pay for it and put this event on because NRCA does the, kind of the heavy lifting on it as far as organizing it. So there's a fair amount of expense. And we budget about $100,000 a year of NRCA resources to this um, so that we can we can make sure it's done really well. But you'll see the NRCA logo on the on the list in the same size as the Boston Roofing Contractors Association. Uh, if we're going to go in United, we're going to go in United. And I do know that members of Congress, they recognize associations. And so when they see, let's say, the Indiana Roofing Contractors Association, they know that that represents thousands of roofers in Indiana and, and maybe tens of thousands of workers. And certainly when they see NRCA and, and some of the others, uh, they they realize that they're that they have got the whole industry here, and it's very powerful when they see it. And so, the sponsorship side of this is something we highlight really heavily uh, when we talk to uh, to members of Congress because they get it when they see it. Well, and let's talk about some of the relationship building that also comes organically out of participating in Roofing Day. Uh, you know, I've seen it. Uh, just for ourselves with Roofing Contractor Magazine uh, and what we've been able to do uh, branching out uh, content-wise. But, uh, you know, there have been a lot of contractors that 
told me about the networking they're able to do with their peers there and uh, start their own relationships with political organizations or representatives. Uh, has that been a surprise development? Um, I, I don't think it's been a surprise. Okay. I don't think it's been a surprise. Um, it, it was something that I hoped would happen because um, members of Congress are, are human. And I think sometimes we have a, we have a tendency to dehumanize them as they're something above or higher than all of us. And it's not the case. And, and they're human. They want relationships and, and they want friendships back in their district. And um, we've had a number of our contractors go to their district offices and see their member of Congress uh, in the local district or state. And we've had a lot of those members of Congress come to, to uh, roofing companies and roofing manufacturers' offices themselves. But it's been important. So, Reed, I've got a question for you, if I can jump in. When, because Art really uh, brings up a great point in regards to the relationships that we build in this industry, but now branching into into our government. But, Reed, when you went to Congress, when you went to, to D.C., for when you first started in Congress, um, what are these the things that you see contractors realizing now? Like, what was it that you learned? And is are you seeing those light bulb moments with the contractors that showed up at Roofing Day to realize, wow, this is how it works. This is how it happens. I mean, when I hear you us all say things like, you know, the pride in participating and electrifying the industry, and unifying and coming together, it's. Uh, I know that those are the things that I saw and that I learned because I had never really experienced that before. But is, are those some of the things that contractors have told you that they realized that I didn't realize kind of how it worked and how it all came together because it's been, it really has been exciting to watch it come together. Yeah, I've, I've heard that uh, countless times from contractors who had never been there. And, and they've also been surprised at how um, knowledgeable and skilled congressional staff are and building relationships with them. And it's not just building relationship with the contractor, but it's also, or with the congressman, but it's also a relationship with their staff and, and the chief of staff and others in the office. And, and it, there is a sense of, of, um, of, of real pride, not just in the country. I think, that, I think that comes with this when you're walking through the offices and you see how government works. Um, but there's a new and renewed sense of pride and purpose in the work that you do. And so when you start to see your member of Congress or your U.S. Senator setting up and really listening to you, um, that sends a powerful message about how important you are uh, in, in the cog of the United States economy and how it functions. And so uh, I think it's been, it's been critical and I think it's been really, really valuable for our members. All right. Uh, so we've established the framework and the broad goals for Roofing Day overall, but I, I would like to get up to speed on where we're at today. Uh, McKay, you mentioned it earlier uh, about what happened on Capitol Hill. Uh, Reed, I, I was hoping to get your take uh, since you did, uh, both of you spent many hours and days working on the Hill. How difficult was it for you to watch what unfolded on January 6th? Uh, for me personally, I literally got sick to my stomach. I could not believe what I was seeing. Um, for the first time ever in U.S. history, we didn't have a peaceful transfer of power. Uh, we saw a mob break into the Capitol, do millions of dollars of structural damage. Five people were killed. Forty police officers were injured. Um, I was sickened by it and disheartened by it. And um, my, my emotions uh, went from uh, being so, so disappointed 
to just getting downright angry about it. This is not how you resolve conflict in a civil society. And so I, I hated every minute of it. McKay, what were you thinking? Uh, it, it, exactly the same. Um, it, for, for me, it will, it will remain. Uh, I, I was working in the United States Senate on 9-11, and, and this has a very similar emotional feel for me. Um, having, having worked there for, for a number of years and, and there were, there were two pipe bombs that were, that were placed in front of the RNC and the DNC, for example. Um, when we were living in Washington, DC, we lived on that same block as the RNC, um, you know, maybe 10 doors down from, from where an American is, you know, seeking to, to maim, harm and, and terrorize. Um, uh, my my children slept each night, and it, to to think that that's where some pockets of of society and political where our political discourse has has gotten to is is heartbreaking. Um, I too went from shock to sadness to anger and and, and to fury at, at some points. I think I was I was glued to the television for a number of days. I think my children raised themselves. That Does what you felt, uh, do you feel it ups the ante a bit on the importance of the work uh, we're trying to do as an industry here? Uh, and that uh, not only they that you don't give up, but that, uh, you know, you've got to uh, you've got to get back to uh, to working the system. To affect change, right? You don't you don't ab absolutely you, you don't give up, you double down. Um, there's a, a, a famous saying, you know, that evil triumphs or, you know, when, when good men do nothing. And, um, I think it's important that not, not that the issues that we are advocating on are in this, this uh, gravity of, of context as, as the January 6th events, but it, it does speak to the fact that, um, if, if we don't speak up on our behalf, on our industry's behalf, who will? Um, we, we have to be there making the case and, and educating and informing members of Congress because other, other interest groups are, other trades are, um, and we need to be there uh, with, with equal fervor and, and voice. And, and the, the January 6th stuff speak, speaks to that in a, in a broader sense because it, it shows um, the, the power of information and education and, and the importance of it. Reed, uh, you know, obviously this year, uh, roofing day was going to be different due to the pandemic. Uh, I'm wondering if, if you feel that uh, if what happened uh, with the insurrection uh, increased the urgency or the importance of getting access to our elected officials. And then I'll ask a process question after. Well, I, I think that the, the, uh, the events of January 6th, um, certainly had enough of an impact on members of Congress that they're going to be anxious for a return to normalcy. That what happened there's not normal. In fact, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an aberration. And um, I think members of Congress, I know that if I were there, the first thing I would want to be doing is getting back and meeting with constituents and getting back and saying, no, we're open for business. We're not going to let uh, rabble rousers and uh, terrorists shut us down. We're gonna we're gonna be uh, 
out there and more effective than ever before. And I think that's how most most members of Congress are going to respond to this. And so I actually think our opportunities um, are expanded in part because of how fresh this is in the minds and that at some point we will be going back to D.C. in person and meeting with our elected officials in person uh, as this uh, pandemic uh, begins to be uh, uh, part of history rather than uh, what's going on currently. And as more and more Americans get vaccinated, things will change over the next year. But for this year, it opens up a wide opportunity for everyone to participate at very low cost because there's no travel expense. And we're hoping that they'll actually bring some of their uh, employees into the meeting. In fact, we just had a contractor from California register 10 people yesterday. And so that wouldn't have happened uh, if they had to fly 10 people to D.C. And so we might actually see a combination of uh, virtual meetings and live meetings going forward. I think after this meeting is done, we'll reevaluate and figure out how we want to do it. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and that is kind of where I wanted to go uh, with that. You, you expect that we will have we will be able to have the opportunities for that face to face level interaction, uh, despite whatever security concerns uh, and whatever measures are, are learned from uh, from any investigation that comes. Yeah, absolutely. I think things will go back to I think things will go back to normal pretty quickly. Uh, I know that members of Congress are not going to want the Capitol building fenced in. They're not going to want to keep constituents out of the office. One of the great things of our democracy is that that American citizens at the rate of 10,000 a day prior to the pandemic were able to walk through the Capitol building and get a tour and, and learn how the government works. And members of Congress uh, really want to see that happen. And And I sense that uh, there'll be a return to normalcy. It may take a, a year or so um, as as members of Congress get confidence again in, in how people will comport themselves. And as uh, you would hope, President Biden will work hard to unify uh, the country and kind of take the temperature down. Um, and so uh, I'm 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 hopeful and optimistic for a brighter future. Reed, I've got a question for you too. Is uh, you know when you talked about the railroad and how everyone came together and unified from every from every single section of that industry, do you think that us having a virtual opportunity and like you just said, it's so exciting to see that somebody from California just registered ten people. As we move forward, and we all know there's power in numbers, how will this open up more opportunities when we have meetings with our our representatives? to be able to bring in people that might not be able to travel even down the road when we can travel and there's some people there and we might still need that representation. Will that still be helpful for all of us? I think so, because I think this is going to reconfigure how members of Congress operate. And they're they, over the last year, they've gotten accustomed to virtual meetings. Their staff has gotten accustomed to virtual meetings. And it may, in fact, be possible to have a combination of uh, people in the room as well as people who called in on the computer. And so I don't know exactly how that will work, but but they're, they're, they want to talk to as many voters as they can. And so I, I expect them to adapt and, and use technology in the same way that we've all been using technology. And I think it's going to make it easier for us to get 1,000, 1,500, or 2,000 people to be involved. And that would be extraordinarily powerful. If we can get, if we can get to 1,000 people, we're going to be among the largest fly-ins in the country. And uh, everybody's going to know the roofing industry. And, you know, we've been so successful at it that last year we were able to get into the White House. 
And and so, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that are going on where the roofing industry, because of Roofing Day, has has created a new um, impression in in uh, in congressional offices and, and a new respect. And so, it's just so important for us to participate. So, McKay, let's uh, give contractors out there uh, an idea of how this will all work. Uh, tell us, uh, first off, uh, there's uh, an introductory virtual session on March 17th. That's correct. Um, because especially for, for individuals that may not uh, have, have done participated in Roofing Day before or visited their member of Congress, there, there could be a little apprehension or, or questions about about what's going to what's going to take place, and so we want folks to be to be comfortable. And so on on March seventeenth at, at two o'clock, we're going to do a, a half an hour training session to to kind of explain how roofing day, how the meetings would go, what to expect, um, and and do a little role play uh, exercise to kind of demonstrate for folks what what they'll they'll see and what it'll be like on on roofing day and then and then the following week on on march 20 23rd or 24th um we'll actually have the series of meetings and and the the way it the way it works is is pretty seamless from the participant standpoint um if they just go to to nrca.net and, and register for the for the conference we will automatically go and and take them and and assign them to the meeting with their specific appropriate representative. Um, you'll put in their home address and, and we'll go and, and identify that who their representative is and make sure that they are scheduled for that meeting with the individual. And 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 that's ex extremely important. We kind of touched on it a little bit here today, but the NRCA Washington staff does an exceptional job and a very, very important role. But they they need they need us as backup. To, to put it to put it candidly, um, there is no p more powerful advocate, no more better equipped spokesman than a constituent, and and so that's where making sure that the the member of Congress is hearing from constituents, not not just a staffer or a lobbyist or or a random person from the industry, but somebody who can vote for them, somebody who can tell their neighbors about their experience with that member of Congress, somebody who can tell their neighbors about whether that member of Congress is supportive of the industry or not, is invaluable and so over those two days on march 23rd and 24th uh go and take the the meetings and break it out and our goal is to reach all 435 members of the house and all 100 members of the senate and and have those anywhere between 15 minute and half hour conversations with them to to talk about our issues so how are meetings set up and what will uh how do contractors know what to say yeah, great, great question. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that at the at the training session. Um, and again, just just like the this whole event, the issues and the topics that we we bring to discussion are also arrived at by consensus. Uh, a roofing day task force gets together with with stakeholders from across the industry, supply chains, various various associations, large, small, national manufacturers, distribution, and so forth. Everybody's at the table to to talk about and come to to agreement on these key fundamental issues that benefit the entire industry or that are important for the entire industry. And and so for this year, we're going to be talking about about infrastructure, as well as immigration and CTE and continuing education 
programs and and Reed, I think you you were on the, the transportation and infrastructure committee. Perhaps you can talk a little bit about why when people say infrastructure, how does that apply to the roofing industry? Yeah, I, it, what a lot of people don't understand is that uh, in the transportation infrastructure committee, which oversees all the building of roads and bridges and whatnot, uh, that's all horizontal construction. But a lot of the money also goes to, or a piece of the money goes to what's called vertical construction, new airports, new seaports, federal federal courthouses and federal buildings that are built around the country, Department of Defense construction. And we want to make sure that in any big infrastructure package that that Congress does, that they're giving due consideration to um, uh, vertical construction so that it doesn't get boxed out because the road builders and the bridge builders are a powerful lobby group, much more powerful than the roofers are. And and they're going to be in there in mass. I mean, the, the road builders will bring eight or 900 people two or three times a year, not just once a year. Um, and so it goes to show how much federal money is going to their industry. But the, the reality is we have to be there to make sure that members of Congress are aware of the fact that, you know, the, the U.S. Uh, needs a lot of new airports and uh, they, they, they need to maintain the buildings that they have. And they need to consider things like resiliency and, and thermal efficiency um, when they do these things. And no one's better to advocate for that uh, than, than our uh, contractor, manufacturer, and distributor members. So I, in, in looking back uh, at the success of the last few roofing days, uh, can you highlight some of those legislative wins where uh, what you're talking about really came to fruition? Yeah, for sure. I mean, first of all, I think in the in the current technical education space, uh, we've been able to uh, secure uh, Perkins funding for um, contractors who hire uh, non-skilled workers. Uh, they can get federal uh, grants to help pay for those uh, early wages and training. Um, certainly on the tax side of things, there's been significant uh, improvements. One of the things that when I first came to NRCA that I wanted to see happen was parity uh, within the, the roofing industry uh, with uh, HVAC and, and uh, other uh, industries that have been really effective at lobbying. So if a, if a, if a restaurateur uh, decided to replace his kitchen or put in a new air conditioning unit in, uh, on his building, even though it was on the roof, they could, they could uh, expense that in the, in the year that they did that work. But if that same restaurateur decided to replace his roof, he had to depreciate that over 39 years. And in fact, the roof that he was throwing in the landfill hadn't even finished its depreciation. And it, it made no sense at any level. And, and I, I would tell you that one of the biggest wins we got was getting um, parity in, in uh, how that works now. So if, if someone puts a new commercial roof on, they can expense that in year one and have a five-year carryover on their taxes. Uh, and and that, that was worth billions and billions and billions of dollars. But because of the relationships that have been built over time, uh, we're able to, to talk to almost any member of Congress almost at any time. And, and roofing contractors were able to get uh, utilized payroll protection uh, uh, loans to the tune of $1.5 billion. And in the early days, it, they were going to exempt roofing because we were deemed essential. But, but what do you say to the roofing contractor in Pennsylvania or Michigan or Massachusetts or California that wasn't? And so uh, our team was fully on board in, in, in advancing that. But virtually at every roofing day, uh, we've been able to, to get something 
of one of the three things we've been pushing for. And this year, I'm hoping that since President Biden is very hot on doing something on immigration, that it'll mm-hmm. it'll bubble to the surface. And it's really, really important for our members that we have a pragmatic, thoughtful immigration policy in this country that recognizes that there are jobs that Americans that are born here just simply don't want to do. And unfortunately, for good or bad, roofing is one of those high-paying jobs. And, and Art, to, to pick up on, on Reed's comment there just a little bit, I do think it's important to, to re-emphasize that. Uh, he touched on a little bit of the, a, a key component of Roofing Day is, is almost brand awareness, if you will. Uh, we go in and we discuss the issues, but the, the, soft, the soft sale aspect of it is that relationship building, which just comes with time and continued contact as well as then awareness on, on members of Congress's part and their staff's part about the industry, about its needs, and in some cases, you know, that, that we even exist. Um, and, and so starting from that building block of, of presence and, and informing them, it makes it so then when, when a larger issue like PPP or are you essential or not essential or, or one of these existential threat type of issues comes up, Members of Congress are, are already aware of us and attuned to to our our needs and and are open or or more receptive to our arguments in those in those mission critical 3 a.m. on a Saturday type of type of moments, um, whether it by be by our team or by a contractor contacting their member directly. We've already laid that foundation to have other uh, emergency gains, if you will. And, and I can tell you that three times since I've been back to NRCA, the Speaker of the House has called me and to ask me, so what do the roofers think about this or that? I mean, how valuable is that? That's amazing. It's because we show up. It's because we show up. And so it's incredible. Well, Reed, uh, as usual, there's uh, no shortage of name recognition or controversy uh, with your <laughs> keynote uh, speaker pick. How did you land Nebraska Senator Ben Sass, and what can roofing stakeholders uh, expect from his remarks? Well, first of all, Senator Sass has been a, a big fan of the roofing industry. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, we were asked to reach out to Senator Sass to see if we could have him come and speak at MRCA at their convention, which was in uh, I think it was in Omaha at the time, uh, and uh, he was gracious enough to come in person to uh, that MRCA convention. Uh, Senator Sass and I served in Congress together, and uh, uh, we've got a, a friendly relationship. And so um, we reached out to him to see if he might be willing. And uh, in part, I think because it's virtual this year, where he can just dial in and doesn't have to have a driver take him someplace to uh, to uh, possibly miss a vote or something here or there. Uh, he was gracious enough to uh, to come and talk to us, and um, you, you know I, I I don't mind the controversy. I think uh, you know anytime a member of Congress, uh, whether in the Senate or the House, votes their conscience, it shouldn't be a controversial vote. It should be a vote of conscience. And um, uh, we were we were not aware where, where, what Senator Sass was going to do with with or not about the impeachment, and that's not our issue. Our issue is what are we going to do about immigration reform. How are we going to have an infrastructure bill that includes vertical construction? And what are we going to do about ongoing uh, improvements in our career and technical education landscape in this country? And in that case, Senator Sass, Senator Sass has been a proven advocate, and uh, it's one of the reasons we wanted to have him. 
Well, no doubt he'll be ready for it. Uh, do you expect some roofers to give him some flack? No, I do not. Okay. All right. Well, I did also want to ask, uh, you know, we touched on uh, some of the connections and uh, the inspirational aspect of what Roofing Day uh, has done in years past. Given that we are virtual this year, how do you uh, build or capture some of that teamwork, the camaraderie, and really the networking that happens? Uh, can some of that be baked into the experience this year? It's a great question, Art. And, and it, without a doubt, this year's roofing day will be different than than the, the previous ones that we've had, um, and I think it, it, one aspect where where it will be different, but but better will be the camaraderie at the at the shop and crew level. Let's take that example with the the, the contractor in California with ten members of the crew. Um, so now in, instead of of just one or two people coming back and and sharing their story with with the rest of the crew, the crew's going to experience this together as a team, as as a company and as a as a crew there together. And I think that that will bring them closer together, as well as being able to talk about the issues that are important to them in a collective fashion with their member of Congress. And so it may, we we may be fractured in our own uh, Zoom meetings, if you will, and and we'll we will miss having that large 400, 500 person. Uh, event like we would have if we were in person, but I think that you will see uh, smaller gatherings that end up being collectively larger, if that makes sense. Um, and so the, I think the camaraderie will happen. It will just be different. Okay, Reed, is there anything to add to that? No, I think he's. Like, I think he's right on. Okay. Well, guys, you're uh, officially off the hot seat. I uh, I did save my uh, hardest question for Jill, so I'm going to turn it over to her. <laughs> well, thank you, Art, yes, because I've got the tough ones, there's no doubt. Well, I, first, I just want to say thank you both for your insights. And Reed and McKay, you guys truly have electrified the industry. Um, and to what you were saying, McKay, uh, what about what's going to be better this year, I'm excited to see just that power in numbers. It's going to be really exciting to see how many people can show up when you're with in front of your representative and there could be maybe 300 people in that meeting instead of just maybe 10 that could have showed up. But, uh, you know, there's no doubt that one of the most incredible things that we all know from what we've all done ourselves is to get involved. And uh, for anyone who's listening, who's not a member of NRCA, why should they join and how can they join? Well, it's simple to join. You can join right online. And, and I'll give you the possibly maybe the, the, the best reason uh, anybody um, could, could join NRCA or why they should join NRCA. And, and that's the fact that every single day I've got 70 employees that get up and go to work on their behalf, advocating at the building codes, writing the rule book that they have to follow every single day when they go out to work creating a, a landscape with, with OSHA and, and trying to develop a relationship so that the safety regulations that are put in place take into consideration of what they do every single day. We've got three people over Washington, D.C. That are, that are working uh, uh, so hard to make sure that the legislative uh, landscape is, is absolutely right for them. I've got six people in our technical department 
um, working on, on the technical issues, writing new manuals. Uh, we've got 15 or 16 people in our education department writing training programs and developing certifications and and professionalizing the industry. And all these people are going to work for you. And and your dues are about five one hundredths of one cent of revenue a year. Um, and so for for a couple thousand dollars a year, you're getting uh, access to not just their work, but also the ability to call them, call me, call McKay, uh, call any of these folks directly and, and get help to whatever might be uh, causing you some heartache in the moment. And so we're providing just tons of real-time resources uh, that, that you're getting for just fractions on a, on a dollar. Uh, because what, what is going on is we've got thousands of members that are, are paying the payroll for all these people to work and they're paying just a fraction of it. Think of NRCA as being your most valuable timeshare partner out there, and you're just going to pay a fraction of what the real costs are to have all these people working on your behalf as if they were sitting in your office, but you don't have to pay their full-time wage. And uh, we're going to continue to do that work, um, and we're going to continue to grow. And, and just so you don't feel like you're alone, we're, on average, two and a half members, two and a half new members join NRCA every single day, every Monday through Friday throughout the year. And so we're growing at among our fastest rates ever. And it's because we're, we're, we believe that we're doing the types of things that make the landscape better and better and better for every roofing contractor and their family. Very well said. Very well said. McKay, anything else you want to add to that? I'm not sure. That's, I think Reed nailed it. <laughs> I'm not going to muck. I'm not going to muck it up with my own comments. <laughs> uh, do one of you guys uh, want to talk about registration for Roofing Day, a specific website, or just go to the main NRCA page? Or Joe, if you want to frame that as a question. Sure. Yes. Please. So again, for as we close out, guys, can please can you tell everybody that's listening, what can contractors do to get involved and help with Roofing Day, and how do they register? You go to nrca.net. You go to nrca.net slash roofing day, and you can get you can. It'll take you right to where you need to go, and uh, you can register there. McKay, anything else to add? It, it's just important to flag that um, any anybody can can sign up. You don't have to be an NRCA member or a member of one of the, the sponsoring organizations. If there's a listener here who's who's listening for the first time and is is not an NRCA member or or part of of any other uh, affiliate organization, we we still want and need your participation uh, for the for the good of the industry. Please take take uh, five minutes out of your day to sign up, and and an hour out of your day in March to to come and advocate on behalf of of you, your workers, and the industry. Fabulous. Well, again, Reed and McKay, we, we truly appreciate your time. We're honored to be speaking with you today to spread the word about Roofing Day. And to everybody who's listening, please make sure you go to nrca.net and sign up for Roofing Day. Everybody from Roofing Contractors is going to be there as well to support the industry, which it really is incredible what NRCA does. It's hard, like when I was asking you, why should people join? It's, I, it's probably very difficult to narrow that down to, to a few things, Reed. But again, if you're not a member, please join as well. In the meantime, we look forward to seeing you uh, online for Roofing Day. 
And everyone, please stay safe and healthy. And we look forward to talking to you next time.